You, you, you are listening. You are listening. You are listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Well, it's, a, it's funny because I make a joke to the tourists about that all the time. Because, like, in, like, they'll be like, wait a minute. So, like, we talk to a lot of tourists that don't know what a trout is. So, a lot of these tourists will be like, wait a minute. So, you spend all this money to fly to a country and catch fish and then release them? Like, they really don't understand. They don't understand that there's trout in Argentina. They don't understand that there's trout in New Zealand. So, I would say 95% of our tourists don't know what. They know, kind of like get to know you, and they, you're exactly right. It's kind of weird. I make that joke to them all the time, like, hey, listen. I talk so much every day. All I want to do is disappear for two months and not talk to anybody. (laughs) And that's exactly what we do. Welcome to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, capturing the fly fishing life featuring in-depth conversation with fly fishers from all walks of life. The Fly Fishing 97 podcast is brought to you by theflycrate.com, an online fly shop, your source for all things fly fishing. DamianAndy.com, featuring custom music by Damian Anderson. Find out more at D-A-M-I-O-N-A-N-D-Y.com. Broken Tippet Fly Company. For blog and fly fishing apparel, check out brokentippet.com. And Wait For It Films. For action-packed fly fishing videos and camera-related content, visit Wait For It Films on YouTube or at thewaitcreativeco.com. Get ready for the 2023 fly fishing season with the Fly Crate. We have hundreds of trout, bass, panfish, and saltwater flies, ranging from the classic elk hair caddis to jigged Euro nymphs. Join thousands of other fly anglers who fish with the Fly Crate. Listeners of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast get 10% off their first order, plus receive free shipping on all U.S. orders over $45. Order today. Go to www.theflycrate.com and use the promo code FLYFISH97 to save 10%. Welcome to this edition of the Fly Fishing 97 podcast. Really happy you are joining us. We've got uh, a couple of repeat guests on the show, and I'm excited to welcome back to the podcast from the Bum Diary podcast, Trent and Janelle, they're doing these DIY trips. They uh, they headed down to Patagonia, and if you remember, they had quite a story going on with their raft. Uh, and uh, we're going to dig deep into this, find out what happened, find out how the trip was, find out what they're up to now. They were in the Keys. They left the Keys. They went south, way south, down to Patagonia to chase some uh, some big fish with a fly rod, and let's see what happened. Trent, Janelle, thanks, guys, for, for coming back. I appreciate it. Thanks for having us on. Yeah, we, we appreciate it, brother. We're excited to be back. So talk to me. What what happened? I mean, where, where should we start? I mean, I remember when we first chatted, you guys hadn't even given notice at the bar yet. And next thing I know, um, I think I aired the show before. I'm hoping I didn't air the show before you gave notice. But um, walk us through the journey down south. Yeah, I guess we didn't. We hadn't given our notice yet. Yeah, you got a good memory. Um, for those, yeah, for any for the new listeners, I guess we did do a podcast with you just like two months ago. We hadn't told our work yet that we were quitting and going to Argentina, um, but it all went good. They they told us we're welcome back next year, so we'll be working there again next year. So I guess it all went pretty easy. Sweet. So now let's let's take it from the beginning. So um, 
you know, where did you fly out of? Where did you fly into? I really want to dig into this raft because this raft thing has been a kind of a, I had a few people ask me about this raft and if you guys got your hands on it, because I know you were having a hard time securing your, uh, your craft, but let's start at the airport. Where did you go and uh, walk us through the first few days? Oh man. Okay. So like you said, last time you talked to us, we were in the Keys. So our whole plan was to fly out of Miami. It was kind of a last-minute decision, but we flew from Miami into Buenos Aires and then to Barrios Patagonia. And normally, normally we fly to the capital, Buenos Aires, and we stay there. And then the next day, we fly to Barrios. So this was the first time we ever did a connecting flight, hmm. which has got a, there's, there's a big there's a big part of that story because we we man we messed up so bad in Buenos Aires. So anyway, so we fly into Buenos Aires. We took the red eye. So we got into Buenos Aires like at 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah, so it's 1 in the morning, and we're exhausted already from just like this long day of travel. We arrive, and we're trying to find the gate to go to Buenos If you've never flown into Argentina, Argentina, I love Argentina. Me and Janelle love Argentina. We're not going to talk badly about Argentina, but there's like some things of Argentina where it's just like this makes no sense. Argentina, they have like two different airports like it's like mm-hmm. you have to get off at one airport yeah and then you get thrown onto the streets of Buenos Aires. like there's like okay go out into the streets of Buenos Aires with all your gear it says like pins <laughs> and shit and they just throw you onto the street of Buenos Aires. like there's beggars and people are walking around in taxis and it's just like now you have to walk a quarter mile to the next airport it's the wildest thing man hmm. but anyways you know what happened when, what happened when we walk to the airport oh god so here we are in the other airport and first we thought we missed our flight so we're like oh yeah we're like in a straight panic mode we're trying to communicate with these like teenager Argentinians, and we don't speak spanish we don't speak spanish we don't speak any spanish it's like amazing race we're running around (laughs) the road looking for somebody that can tell us has the flight gone to patagonia like are we safe and so we're running around the airport and we find these little argentinian kids and they tell us oh no like you're fine the flight hasn't left and so here we are sitting, we're waiting for the flight to board, right? And um, we're feeling pretty good about ourselves. And all of a sudden, we hear something on the intercom. And mind you, like, now where we're at, like, this little airport terminal, it's very small. There are only, like, three gates. And I hear my name. And I said, Trent, I'm pretty sure I just heard my name. And he goes, no, 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 I think we're good. And I said, I'm just going to go to the desk and ask. Sure enough, I walk up to the desk, and they're like, Oh, and they're about to board the plane. They said, oh, you guys need to go check your bags from Miami, Ugh. which is across, like, yeah. like we have to our leave bag, the airport. Yeah, our bag, they left. We we did not know, when we flew into Buenos Aires, we did not know that our bags were not going to Barloche. They were, we were supposed to pick up our bags at Buenos Aires mm. and then take them to the other airport and then check them on. So it's funny because when you fly back from Barloche to Miami, your bags just stay on the plane. Right. So we were just assuming, yeah, so we were just like, I don't know. They said we were in the wrong. I don't know what happened there. I've been there. So we had to go back on the, we had to go back on the street and go all the way back. And they told us we had to check our, but there was no checking. I don't know what they were talking about. We just grabbed our bag. It was bad, man. Hmm. It was bad. So they send us to find this guy and go back to this like separate airport area. And we're trying to find these gray doors that they directed us to. We could not find these gray doors. Oh, so we're running around. And at this point, we're wasting like 25 minutes of our time. Like, as the plane is still boarding. And um, no. And finally, we see this giant guy in like a suit. And he points at us. He goes, are you Janelle and Trent? And we said, yes. And he's like, right this way. Hurry. You need to run. <laughs> so 
we follow this guy and we're going through all of these like security checkpoints, like getting patted down and the clock is ticking and we need to find our luggage because like we still have not checked our luggage to go to Bariloche, which is our final destination. And I got a machine in my heart. So every time we got to go through security, I can't walk through the machine or zap my machine. So right. I have to like get personally patted down. So every single time I got to go through a different security officer, I'm like, oh, yeah, don't speak Spanish. Got a thing in my heart. I know I'm only 30 years old. And they don't like they're trying to figure it out. And we're like, they kept telling us, like, we're not going to hold the plane much longer. And the thing about Argentina is like, it's a wild place, man. So like the plane to Bariloche is just sitting out on the tarmac. You got to walk across the thing. It's mm-hmm. like, dude, it's, everyone's watching us walk across with our bags. It was so embarrassing. Yeah. But we made it. So finally we got our baggage. We like ran with like these luggage carts down the street. They were definitely holding the plane for two gringos. I'm pretty sure they just held the plane because we were Americans. I think everybody in that plane, we walked onto that airplane, I think everybody knew, like, I think the the pilot pretty much told them, hey, sorry, we have two Americans that are trying to make the plane. Yeah, needless to say, it was like a panic situation. We finally made it to the tarmac. They didn't even check our luggage. They threw our bags directly onto the plane. We boarded, and the plane took off. Like, no exaggeration, (laughs) they were waiting for us to get on the plane. They shut the gates and they immediately uh, were pulling out. Like, how's that? Oh, so how's that an- anxiety level there at the peak of that? Like, that's a horrible feel. I hate that feeling. Yeah, and we were because we we went we went really late to Argentina. Like, so we'll get back to the raft. Like, we have this raft in Argentina, uh, beautiful raft from Outcast Raft. It's like the only raft that we could fly down there, and it's like it's a well built raft. And and so we. Like, we weren't even going to go back to Patagonia, but it was, like, a last-minute decision. So now, all of a sudden, we're, like, on this airplane, and we're flying to Patagonia. And we, because we were so last-minute, we had a car rental company. So, like, when you asked about our anxiety, not only was our anxiety already so high, we had rented from a car company that had no reviews on Google. But they were, like, the only people left that told me they had a car. We'd already <laughs> sent them money on Western Union. When we landed in Bariloche at, like, 4 in the morning, me and Janelle didn't even know if our car was going to be there. And they was, like... And we got down there late, man. Like, we got down there. When we got down there, it was already in the 30s. Like, it was already snowing in the mountains. So I look at Janelle, I go, I just hope this guy's got our our car there. And he had our car there. It was, like, 20 years older than the model. <laughs> it was a piece <laughs> of cr- Hey, it worked, though. We went two months. We only had one breakdown. It did the job. Yeah. That's but crazy. No, we made it to, yeah, we made it to Bariloche. And all the adventure was on to find our raft. Oh, man. Okay, so, no, so let, let, was... let's walk us through this. So last we chatted, did you not have to spend a whole bunch of money sending it south so that Buddy didn't sell your raft, if I recall? Oh, yeah. So it was called for ransom. Yeah. Right, you can go into a little bit more detail. Yeah, well, pretty much a quick, 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 quick recap. This was back when everything first started in 2020. Like, we were in Argentina before anybody knew what was going to happen. And then we got kicked out very quickly by the police. And so we were screwed. So we just had to leave our raft at the Airbnb. Guy said he was good. We left him all our pay. So we left him a lot. And we said, hey, man, just please watch this raft, blah, blah, blah. Um, because the airlines weren't letting you take anything back. So this raft, the only reason we even, we, like I said, the Outcast raft, the only reason we even took this raft to Patagonia is because you could fly it. It was a whitewater raft you could fly. And then all of a sudden now we're in Patagonia and they're kicking us out. And they're like, hey, you can't take no bags with you. Like these flights are so, anyway, so. Then, like, a year later, the guy writes us and goes, well, you know, in Argentina, there's a law that if you leave something at somebody's house for a year, then it's mine. And it's like their country wasn't even open. Like, you couldn't even fly to Argentina. And so the guy shakes us down for, like, another 500 bucks. 
Then finally, we found a buddy of a buddy, Big Sky Anglers in West Yellowstone. I'll always plug them. So, so Big Sky Anglers in West Yellowstone, they're big in the game in Patagonia. So they had a buddy of a buddy. So that buddy came over, greased the guy with our money, got the raft. He took it back to his house. He put it in the barn. Then the raft ate the raft. So then they took the raft to this this guy, uh, what was his name, Hugo? Oh, yeah. Who ended up being like 85. <laughs> and, and Hugo, Hugo was going to... Hugo was going to fix the rat holes. It was such a process. And all Hugo wanted was a pair of Smith sunglasses for his, his grandkids. <laughs> so that's what we had to pay Hugo. So in Miami, we, before we flew, we went to the REI store. We bought him a pair of Smith sunglasses. That's all he wanted for the payment. So how did he fix that? How did he fix that raft after it got chewed? Were you like Aquasil kind of stuff or is, is that even available? No, it's not. It's just some Argentinian barn stuff, dude. <laughs> Arge- Argentinian barn stuff. Okay, good to know. Um, I love it. It's like a joke down there. They use what they have. Outcast was so nice. Like, Outcast, like, dude, Outcast, like, they gave us everything to fix it. And then we got down there, and the guy's like, I fixed the hole. I fixed the hole. And you know what? It held. I'm not going to talk any crap. It held, man. It held. It held. Hmm. It held. At first, I didn't think it was going to hold. But uh, like I said, Outcast, he gave us everything to fix it. So we, it's very nice that we have a backup kit down there. But the guy fixed it, man. He, he fixed hmm. it right up. And, I mean, where he were – so there's one area of Patagonia that's just north of Bariloche, and that's probably where 90% of the Americans go. It's 90% of where the Europeans go. It's like there's a lot of guides there now. Argentina is not what you think. Everyone's like, oh, it's like – no, it's, it's very Americanized now. And, and so they do have good gear there. And I guess Hugo was the boat whisperer. And they got us right. They got us right in, and hmm. much love to Hugo. I know he's he's going to probably listen to this podcast. I hope so. <laughs> so when you guys got there, um, wherever this boat was stored, you meet up with Buddy, and he's just like, "Yeah, here you go." I mean, it was just that simple, or what? Yeah, I mean, it was too simple. It was it was pretty simple, like minus the fact that he spoke English and we didn't, or spoke Spanish and we did not, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It was definitely a game of charades to actually like get the boat and communicate like, oh, it's safe to go on the river, like everything's great. No, um, but we had to pick up the oars from a nurse at the hospital. It was just yeah, it's Argentina. Yeah. It's Argentina. It was just like we first we had to go to the hospital and get the oars from this lady. Then we had to go here and get the the frame for, or the the pump from this guy. And then we had to go over here and get the the, the rubber from the rubber wrap from this guy. So when we first like left Barloche, because we did this all very fast. It was like flying to Barloche, get the car at four in the morning eight in the morning driving four hours to the mountains and so like it like really went smooth like when janelle went to the hospital she just walked in the front door and she came out with some horse i'm like oh my god i, I thought this was gonna be like hardest part so it was like everything was like when we when we had the boat like we were expecting to stay the night in this town which is pretty expensive we were expect we were we were planning to stay in the night and then all of a sudden like it's like three o'clock in the afternoon we're like oh my god we can drive back to barloche like hmm. i couldn't believe how smooth it went i couldn't believe how smooth it went nothing in argentina ever goes that smooth so, did you guys stock up on blue pesos when you got there? Yes. Yeah, the blue pesos going crazy right now. Yes. Hmm. So, oh, this is another story, dude. <laughs> so, normally we fly into Buenos Aires. So, if you're listening to this and you want to go to Argentina, we recommend flying into Buenos Aires, staying in the capital, get the most expensive hotel you can get in Buenos Aires, and they'll have like an armed guard come to you and you can get the blue pesos. Uh, you can Google that. You need to get blue pesos. You can write us on Instagram if you want to know more information. But you got to get blue pesos. I would recommend doing it in Buenos Aires. We didn't have that luxury because we had to deal with all this shit on the side. 
So when we flew into Bariloche, we kind of weighed the pros and cons. And the pros of just going to Bariloche was getting our raft and get all the stuff. But the cons of going to Bariloche right away was we're going to have to try to find blue paces. Hmm. And that meant we had to go on the streets of Bariloche. Not as scary as it sounds, but it's scary the first time because you're like walking around. It was scary the first time. And Janelle's got a great story. We finally, it is called the Mafia. So finally we find the right shop and we go in the back of the right shop and you got to have a password. So finally we get into this room with this guy in this morning counter. Yeah, so basically we're speaking, like, Spanish. It's like, hola, like, como estas, you know? And then we go around the corner where nobody can see us. And he's like, all right, let's cut the shit. You guys want to speak English now? (laughs) 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 You know, like, it's, like, straight up out of a movie. And uh, We got our blue peso. Yeah, we got our blue peso. So you give them, like, $1,000 American and their eyes will go huge. And then they give you, like, 400,000 pesos. It's just, and then you put it in a backpack. Well, we forgot our backpack because we're stupid. And uh, so he's just like, you just want like a like a gift bag. We had a gift bag. I like. We shouldn't even tell people this. But I know, right? We had a but gift like- bag just walking down the streets of Barloche with like four hundred thousand pesos, just like a year of. <laughs> Dude, we got back to the car and we got to our hotel for the night. But it does, uh, it does like, feel oh like God. a movie situation, though, because you're walking into this, like, essentially it's a fake gift shop. Yeah. And again, this is all do-it-yourself Patagonia. Yeah. Like, this is not, like, me and Janelle, don't, we don't have the luxury of staying at lodges. So yeah. this, this is, like, how you do, this is how you do it yourself. you got to be an Argentinian. Like, yeah, we didn't say you like, didn't say yeah. it was going to be pretty when you guys went down there. We knew this was going to be legit. That's why I, I really wanted to get you guys back <laughs> on and find out how it went. So... Okay, well, let's talk about the fishing. The whole reason you're down there, besides getting this raft back and uh, uh, having an amazing trip, I'm sure. But walk us through the fishing. How was the fishing this time around? Oh, man. When we fished, it was amazing. Yeah. Argentina's hard to get on the river sometimes. I think we did a little bit too much exploring in the first half. Way too much exploring. We try to push it. Oh, we want to, like, fish everything new. And in the back half of the trip, we said, screw it. Let's just go to the same section and learn the section, like, mm. intimately, like we know out in Montana. And then we really started turning some fish. Uh, hmm. Janelle got a fish of a lifetime. She did. No, I mean. She outfished me. I'm but, still a little salty about it. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. You got into some beautiful fish, too. No, like just, I mean, well, like Trent said, I feel like a lot of it, like, the first half of the trip was a lot of exploring, a lot of, you know, just figuring out what regions we wanted to be in and what rivers we wanted to fish. And then when we targeted that down, it was, like, it's it's nice to, like, really intimately fish a river. So everybody, we did this yeah, everybody tells you when you go to Argentina, it's just like going to Montana. Everybody will tell you, don't try to do it all. Don't try to do it all. Don't try to fish it all. And then, like, you always think you're, like, Superman. You were just like, nah, screw those people. Mm-hmm. I can fish a different river every day for two weeks. I'm hitting all 10 of these rivers that I want to hit. And even though you know you're not supposed to do that, I just feel like people would just get like, so like, oh my God, I'm like in this area. Like, so we like, we went to a, two of our favorite places and this is like, oh, it's hard to like, I don't know. It's just so hard. Maybe that's, so beauty out there. that sounds like some good advice though, for somebody that maybe was doing Patagonia for the first time or, or even not, you know, just a return trip. Take a piece of water and learn it. So, were you were these mostly brown trout or rainbows? A bit of both. I would say a little bit of both. Yeah. Oh, no, we could not find them. The thing is, the thing is, it like the hard. browns are so far and few between because they're so massive in Patagonia. Like you're talking trophy browns in Patagonia. So a lot of it was like fun rainbows. You know, like your average. Who I would say, yeah. I mean, every, every time, but they fight really, they fight really well. Hmm. Um, 
but no, like to get that trophy brown, like Trent was saying, you really have to explore some water and like it has to be like an everyday learning experience where you're you're fishing streamers and you're fishing dries and you're really figuring out what the fish are eating because those those trophy browns are really hard to find. Um so Yeah, she don't got one. She got one. I I I, I don't know what happened. How big how big was I this brown, you know? Ooh. Ooh, I don't I mean it was a good I don't know, Trent. Like what would you say? Over eight pounds. Was, under ten pounds. Yeah, it was definitely under ten. I don't think she had ten pounds. Definitely like well well over five. Yeah. She can't it catch the first ten pounds. But uh man, she I think I had it first though. I think I had it first. because <laughs> uh, 'cause I'm pretty sure I had something in that pocket. So I think I had it first, but I'm not sure. I think I buttered it up for Janelle. I think I got it real hungry. <laughs> So how was how was the fight on that, Janelle? Was it pretty good? No, it was amazing. Actually, it's so weird. Like, I have this theory about brown trout. I feel like the biggest browns, they don't fight. Mm. It's hard, but they're just like logs. You know what I mean? They yeah. just bury you. So it's more of a situation where you just have to hang on tight and hope that it doesn't break you off because it's like they just they just dive down deep and they get lazy and then they fight again. So, like, Oh gosh, I don't even know how to explain. Hmm. I thought she. Like, I thought she was trying. Trent, Trent I thought she was trying. I had a rock. He's like, your rod's not even moving. I was like, there is definitely a massive brown on right now. Like, I need you to net this fish. Like, so there's, there's a, the most famous part of Argentina. There's well, there's two very famous parts of Argentina, but the, one of the most famous parts is the Boca of the Lamar. Lima, how do you say? Lima, yeah. The, the Boca of the. It's right in Bariloche. Every photo, when you literally Google Patagonia fishing, this is the first photo that comes up. It's the most famous area, of Argentina. Mm-hmm. There's 50 people a night there. Everybody goes there. It's like magical. It's like where the first American writers wrote about. So everyone goes out to the Boca. I think it's one of my favorite places in the world. I'd love to be. I love that my ashes scattered there. It's very, it's very. Uh, what do they call it? spiritual? Whatever mm-hmm. word it is. Yeah. And so I have fished this Boca. I mean, it's like my place. You know what I mean? Like Janelle has no. She shouldn't even be out there. You know what I mean? Like, it's my spot. Janelle don't even like this spot. Janelle has her own spots in Patagonia. And everyone's out there. And Janelle, she just has – she fishes streamers so uniquely. I don't know. And it's – I couldn't believe it, man. I could not – just with an eight-weight rod, no spay rod, no sinking kit. No, she was just out there. She's like, I'm just going to do what I know best. And she yells at me, and I, I thought it was a rock. I still think it was a rock. I was like, no, no way. It was a hard little pocket, oh, man. Yeah. Everybody was fishing in it. I don't know how you did it, woman. It was awesome. So, like you said, I feel like you, awesome. it. you you had something huge before me. It's just, I don't know. It's very, like, I was about to give up. I was over it. I was done with the night, and I just thought, I'm just going to fish behind you for a little while because he was fishing behind me all night, and I thought, I'm just going to, you know, throw a few in here. And, yeah, we uh, were beat bang. up. It was the night. It was, uh, we had, the wind was in our, it was beat up. Like, it was, like, last call. I was ready to go. There was like this little brewery I love. They had American burgers. I was ready to call it. And uh, the net, we don't have a big enough net. <laughs> <laughs> how was the yeah, weather was when you were time. there? You just alluded to the wind, and I, I know how windy it can get. Um, was the wind, was it typical kind of Patagonia conditions? Did you guys have the weather on your side, or what would that look like? Oh, man, I feel like the whole trip we were chasing the weather. Like Yeah, we, yeah. we move a lot. We we watch the weather reports and we 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 will move six hours to get out of the weather. Hmm. So we were like 
in very few locations, but whenever the wind would pick up, which is very common in Patagonia, like 20 mile per hour winds is a normal average day on the river. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and we were trying to avoid that just because I feel like. Yeah. It's... So there, the thing about me, so there's a website called Wind Guru. It's uh, Wind Guru. I don't know if you're familiar with it. No, it, but it I might deep. check it out now. So it's called Wind Guru. And a lot of people have recommended it to me, and I never really believed in it. And this year, I really utilized Wind Guru, and I could I, I I have like a man. I look at the Barloche News website. I I, I really try to watch the weather because you're right. The weather is such a huge. I mean, you're spending all this money to get down there. So for me, it's like when you ask about the weather, I have a best friend who he just takes weather to the face. He just he'll fish in weather. He'll he'll fish in the snow. He'll yeah. fish in the cold. He'll fish in the. He just does not care. I'm more like man. I'm just an old man, I guess. So I I like to. So for me, I really like to watch the weather, and we'll move a couple hours. We'll move three, four hours. And if I'm like, hey, there's a wind front coming through for the next two days, that's what Wind Guru is so good at. Like, there, it doesn't really show the weather and the rain and all that, but it shows the wind. Hmm. And I, it's funny because we we went out with a couple guys, and we were kind of joking about the Wind Guru because it, we got hit with wind one day real bad, and all of us were like, oh, it wasn't on Wind Guru. And uh, I don't know. I will say for 90% of the time, that app or that website was, spot on about the wind i cannot you wait to use that in montana because it's the same way in montana with the wind and uh i don't know it was a uh, so that app was very good you check the wind for the next day mm-hmm. and you can uh you could zoom in on different rivers and uh different lakes and along the mountains and we just kind of found a spot that would have 10 or 15 miles per hour wind and hmm. that was kind of the direction we would go and i think that's kind of how our trip was kind of our trip was kind of based on that, like where where is the weather going to take us? It was kind of a fun trip. It was how, different this time. How long different. did you guys spend down there this time? We were there for about five and a half weeks. Oh wow, right? that's a yeah. long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were there for a while. Went quick. Where did it you stay? Like, were you just were you hoteling it? Were you camping? What, what were you? Where were you staying? We got we got lazy this trip. We got lazy. We camped one time. <laughs> one time. So you and then, so how much they are. Just start. So so our whole thought going down was like we we're gonna stay at campgrounds because it was like significantly cheaper, right? So it'd be like three dollars like, a day to stay Right, like three US yeah, like three US three USD to stay per night. So, like, oh, we're going to save so much money. We bought this beautiful tent, right? And then we get down there, and then you see these beautiful cabanas. You forget, That's what how, down there. you forget how cheap Argentina is. Yes. Yeah, describe the cabana. It's like... It's like a little house. The nice like two bedrooms, a bathroom, kitchen, so heat, heat. Yeah. Heat. Like, little heat. Little, it's like, think about the nicest little cabin in Montana, and they have all these little cabins, and they literally we would text... I would get on WhatsApp and... Uh, that's the other thing about Argentina. I have to have WhatsApp. Maybe in Canada, you guys use that. No American uses WhatsApp. Yeah, anyway. no, we, I do um, use it. And that's, in fact, where I used it was Chile and Argentina. Everyone, that's the first thing they said, do you have WhatsApp? Everybody has a WhatsApp. So anyway, so you WhatsApp these cabanas, and we'll be like, how much for seven days? And they'll come back and be like, 200 USD. And I'm like, 200 USD for a week in a brand-new cabin on the river? On the river, it's just wow. like... So for us, we got we got a little bit lazy. Two hundred dollars USD. That's, that's for, okay. I mean, it was. Yeah, well, it gave us a place to like take the raft out every day, and mm-hmm. we got a little lazy. Yeah, but it felt safer, and again, like it was just like the comfort. <laughs> yeah, we camped one night because but we're old, man. We're old now, so we just I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about the okay. So this is the not the first time you've been there, but did you find anything different? 
as regarding patterns or the way you approached it? Like, did you, were you guys fishing a lot of meat, like a lot of streamers? Were you fishing dries, nymphs? Um, what'd that look like? Ooh, we fished a little bit of everything. So we finally fished lakes for the first time. Oh, nice. Yeah, we were actually, like, pleasantly surprised. I feel like we've always kind of had, like, a, like, a negative feeling toward lakes, but that's just never been our thing. We yeah. love fishing rivers. So lakes, it was very new for us, but one day we had so much fun. How how so were the fish, the fish size probably pretty good in lakes down there, I would imagine? Yeah, I mean, they were all, like, pretty sizable. Nothing, like, extreme, I wouldn't say, but maybe it was just the conditions we were fishing. Like, we went out, I would say early to late morning and then like stayed out till one in the afternoon so i mean ideal conditions are probably like evening evening if you're, if you're looking for the big browns but but you know what's different but, you know what's different? so my first trip was like 2013 and so you know it was way different for me this time uh that i noticed argentina is really trying to take care of the rivers um I don't want to say that it's going to, I, I have a feeling it's going to become like New Zealand and British Columbia. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to get hard in 10 years to, do, to be able to do it yourself. But the, one of the perks of what they're doing though, is they're really taking care of the rivers. These rivers are coming back. They're beautiful. They're not getting over harvested. They're not just letting the people, they're really, there's more fishing game. We had our first fishing game person ever grab us. Like they're really, you can really tell that Argentina is really putting up because they've always talked about putting a focus more on the rivers I would say that it was some of the best dry fly fishing. I think there was a lot of times where we were like, wow, look at the insect. Just because they're just very, just every, it's almost like in Yellowstone, I guess, like in Yellowstone. And when they brought the wolves back and they brought the willows back and it kind of increased the in, in, increased uh, insect activity. I, we, we fished some rivers that people said there's not a lot of dry fly activity up there. And that was like, we would try to just streamer, 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 streamer. And then it's just like, you you can only ignore rising fish so much so much and so it's like oh okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah well but love it so um what what else were some takeaways on this trip did you did you guys run into any people you kind of other than the gentleman that had the boat i mean did you encounter any of the same people or any buddies that maybe you hooked up with or no, I feel like overall, like, Argentinians are so friendly and they're so willing to help when you need it, you know. Which is so surprising considering our last situation with the raft. Um, but no, now we left the raft with, like, a really good buddy, Matias. I feel like he was – love you, Matias. I feel like he was overly excited <laughs> to have it in his possession for a while just because it really is so great. Like, So Matias can speak really good English. We left the raft with Matias and he's going to – I love Matias. He's amazing. But he, the first thing, I'm not taking a shot at Matias. And uh, Argentinians, Argentinians have a, such a different humor. That, I don't know. South Americans have a different humor than, than Americans. And so sometimes I don't think Argentinians understand sarcasm. But I gave we gave or we gave Matias the raft. And the first thing he says is, I can't wait to use this. And I kind of look at Janelle and go, these guys will beat the hell out of this raft. Man. <laughs> you know what? If it, it might as well use it, right? I mean, what the heck? Definitely better than having it sit there and get rat holes. Like exactly. No, and he he actually guided us on our last trip there, so we had never really had a guide in Argentina, and Matias really did a nice job of um, showing a, us the he's ropes. He's local, badass. But no, it's just it's just funny. Hmm. Yeah, that's where the raft resides now. He's with him. Yeah. Any new uh, any any new foods this time? Any you know 
I know we talked about the cilantro and the steak, but was there, was there any uh, any new dishes you kind of caught your fancy? Ooh. The bakers. <laughs> Trent said the bakeries. Good... Yeah, the bakeries for sure. Nice. Everything there is just, like, so organic, so fresh. Yeah. Um, so I think... And so, well, I think people, I think people like when you read about Patagonia, you always see in the you always see in the book like, oh, it's like the 1800s of Montana. And that's something like some people, people will always be like, I think there's like this misconception in the media now that's just like, oh, Argentina's like 200 years of Montana. I was like, that might have been true in the 90s, but mm. if you ask me right now, Argentina, if you had to ask me right now, after 2020, 20, uh, 2023, I would say Argentina is way more right now like the 1940s and 50s. So you still get that old classic feel, but it is it is so much more advanced. But it's still like the biggest thing that got me was like the bakeries. Like every time you went to a town, like you you still had to go to the baker to get the bread. You had to go to the butcher to get the meat. You yeah. had to go to the veggie stand to get the veggies. Yeah. You had to go to the fruit to get it. There's like every little pound. That's kind of what I imagine like the 40s and 50s of America to be like before the big box stores. Mm-hmm. So it's like that was something me and Janelle discovered. Like like we really discovered like like. Okay, when you go to town, like now we knew what to look for. Like you always look for the bakery, you always look for the butcher. Like I think it was like being so Americanized, you're kind of looking for the box store. And then I think we really discovered the bakeries. And dude, Argentinians, man, the baker again because again I hate Argentina. Like it's like they're they're kind of going through a really bad economic thing right now. And so the Argentinians, like bread is a diet for a lot of people. Like that's all they eat, you know. And so it's like the bakeries are kind of like a like it's like a it's amazing like amazing man these argentinians and, and these little bakeries and what they do to survive down there it's, it's i will say argentina's going through some stuff right now it's not all rosy down there right now so yeah no fair um I, i'm just so happy you guys got back there because on our last chat i was i gotta admit i was a little skeptical i had a funny feeling you're gonna get there and that boat was not there um i, I don't know why <laughs> But uh, you, you got, have you guys reached out to the guys at Outcast and told told them a, a little bit about this journey? Because I'm sure they could uh, do something with that. Definitely, yeah. I mean, but honestly, like neither of these trips would be possible without them because the raft, like that, really did make a world of a difference. Like just the way it transports and everything. Like I don't know. I just I don't. Yeah. I mean, the thing about the Outcast, the, uh, what was that? I was just going to say, like, how often can you say, well, we had to go to the hospital to get the oars, and then we... <laughs> I, I've never heard anyone say that in my life. Just just saying. Well, Outcast is so nice, because Outcast kind of understands our style, so, like, we'll, like, write them, and we kind of told them the story, like, we kind of explained it to them, and Outcast kind of, like, they were like, well, what do you guys need? And we, like, really didn't know what we needed, so they sent us, like, two of everything, and they kind of asked us, like, do you need this, do you need this, do you need this? And we weren't trying to, like, go like it was just kind of funny it was just it was just kind of funny how when they heard about everything that was going on but the thing the thing about me and janelle is we don't like to spend our money like we really like to spend our money on like gear that like we we are a big believer in spend money on good gear like even if it's a thousand dollar pair of waders like those waders can save your life in cold situations so me and janelle we will spend money but we only spend money on gear that like beneficial that is beneficial to us yeah and yeah, and, and I, I just think there's a lot of small raft options out there in the world right now. And, like, like with this outcast, like, me and Janelle, like, that, there, it's just a, it's just a, I could not believe how safe that boat is, like, how, like, how quality it was. And, like, I don't know, like, me and Janelle kind of pushed it this year on some bigger water. 
And there was like some times where I'm like, like this raft's been sitting here, it's got rat holes in it, and it just I was just very happy with like. It's yeah, funny, though, because even at the end of the trip, Trent totally forgot about, like, the boat repairment. So where the patch was, he's like, I totally forgot about this yeah. patch. And I was like, that was my main concern when we started. But, yeah, you forget about it. Like, it's just such good quality, like, good handmanship, like, down there. I don't know. It's just hmm. yeah, a so, great, great, great boat. So we've got Trent and Janelle from the Bum Diary podcast. We had these guys on uh, a few months back before their trip to Patagonia, uh, DIY kind of thing. You guys were in the Florida Keys working at the bar, and um, I understand you've had a few changes now. So tell us where you're at and what you guys are up to. <laughs> all right. Go ahead, Ben. Oh, Take you. it away. It's all you. All right. Well, oh, hold on. I had heart surgery. Yeah. I guess French, that's sort of Trent just got done with heart surgery. Yeah. He's recovering right now. It's kind of crazy. We're filming this interview, dude. It's my first time having a, a, an adult soda. Because I couldn't have adult soda, but uh, so I, I'm back there yeah, feeling normal. This is the first time I haven't been thinking about the heart. But so I got back from Argentina. I have a machine in my heart that had to be replaced. They, you know, I'm happy everybody let me go to Patagonia. That was like a hard like sell. But uh, I got back um, and uh, I had, went right to the operation room. So I've been in bed for like two weeks now. Uh, operation is good, but we had we were flower farmers. We sold off the farm, everything that we had, and we're going back to Montana. Janelle has to go to Montana without me. Unfortunately, she's leaving tomorrow for Montana, and I'm going to be like three weeks behind because I'm not out of uh, recovery yet. All right. So yeah. this is the first time the, this is the first time the bums is breaking up. <laughs> well, I, I'm happy to hear you're enjoying a, a beverage, and uh, I wish you the best, man. That's uh that's got to be something just getting back from that trip and then boom right and then you're out of it for a couple three weeks hmm. yeah I, uh, I didn't have you know the first heart 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 attack so i'm happy that i had you know this time <laughs> it's a little bit easier does that can i ask you a personal question trent does that does that make you look at life a little differently like is that is that kind of part of why you do these trips and you guys are always out there just like you know what man i just gotta I just gotta live i got you know you know what I mean? Just get out there and enjoy it. Because that, that's the vibe I get off you guys. You're always going somewhere on some adventure. And I'm kind of envious from afar because it sounds pretty damn good. I guess for me that is a huge driving force. But I don't know why Janelle comes along with me. I, I, <laughs> that's like the, no, she's going to cry, though. I forget. Janelle's a crier. I forgot. And she's okay. No, yeah, she's gonna cry. You made her cry. Uh, like happy tears, not bad tears. There you she go. all gets very uh, emotional. She's a very emotional woman. Um, I don't know why she comes with me. Don't make this about me. <laughs> no, she was asking you. Don't make this about me. Um, <laughs> you guys do. You guys do a lot of deflecting between the two of you. I never know who I'm asking a question to. Just so you know, it's. Like, yeah. I Janelle, that one's for you. Throw it out there. If he's putting this on me, um, given the situation, yeah, I feel like even just being with someone in this position, I feel like it does make you look at things a little bit differently and it makes you appreciate every moment mm-hmm. and really look at life because you, you know, even as being like bartenders and servers, you meet so many people that are like, you know what, you really just have to do what makes you happy. And so many people will meet us and be like, you guys are doing the right thing and just live your life and blah, 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 blah. And I don't know that I would have ever felt that way up until I met Trent. Um, I feel like he's super inspirational in that way and just like living in the moment and doing Mm. things that you really are passionate about and loving. 
Yeah, I love um, that. I love that. I love that you can inspire each other. That's pretty cool. It is. Yeah. Hmm. So, so but, I know, I know you guys were doing your farming thing and I was getting a kick out of your, your podcast, which, uh, if you haven't checked it out, look out the bum diary podcast. And, uh, these guys were in Michigan doing some farming, but, um, apparently, uh, uh farming's not happening, uh, for the next little bits back to Yellowstone and, and chasing trout or what, what exactly are you guys going to do in Montana? Yeah, so we're going back to Montana, and we will be back sling drink. Yeah, so we're going back. And fishing. Yeah, so we're going back to our... Uh, lifestyle. Yeah, we're going, <laughs> we're going back to West Yellowstone. Uh, we worked with this person for a long time, and uh, they just sold the bar to a new owner, and they reached out to us and tried to get us to come back. And uh, so they gave us an offer we could not refuse. We tried to refuse it a couple times, and uh, they just... They thought it was a really good offer, so we're going back to West Yellowstone. We just bartend and serve. We don't fly guide or nothing anymore. We just uh, we just like bartending, and uh, so we'll bartend and serve right right in West Yellowstone, Montana, and then we we get a guaranteed set schedule, so we're always off two days a week together. Love it. And then those two days, we yeah, that's like uh, like getting one of the selling points, and so this place will accommodate that. So we get the middle of the week off. And then we just we like we have our favorite rivers out west, but we uh uh we should explore more, you know. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Some, uh, that's another thing too. We gotta get fixated on one good river. I well, don't know how you are, but like we really, I I really like to fish a river over and over and over again to learn. I don't know. It just seems like every time you're on the river, it's like oh, that's where that fish was at. Or, yeah, I, I I do love that familiarity with water. Like I I always feel it's such a huge disadvantage when I hit a water, whether it's a lake or a river, for the first time. Because you know you, you kind of go to the cues and you kind of think you know you draw on your history, but until you've actually been there, done that, it doesn't really help you. And you know what I mean? Like the next time you go there, you're like, oh, this this is where they're holding. It's it's just like it's like a book you've read before. You're just comfortable. You're familiar with it. It's amazing, too, how much you can forget a familiar. Me and Janelle, we floated this one section like five, six times. And Janelle, she had, oh, I forgot about this. She had a fish. Uh, I mean, I've never seen a bigger brown trout. She had literally everybody told us in this section of the river that you have a shot. You have a shot. And she had a shot at a brown in a pocket that was so beautiful. And then we floated this river like six more times. And every single day we were on the river, I'm like, wait a minute, what pocket was it again? And it was like, you think mm. you would never forget that. And it was just like, and we, every single day I was like, no, wait, it was before that rapid. Wait, it was after that, wait, what about that little waterfall? And we could never find that pocket again. Hmm. Like, I'm sure we fished it again, but it's like, we, you think you would like remember like, oh, like it's just kind of funny how like the river can look different like every day. It's like, yep. oh, was that the pocket? And I don't know. We had a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, you guys must be really good at what you do because uh, for your buddy to go out like that and say, look, you guys need to come out here, sell some beer, um, I think it's really cool. And I, maybe if there's any listeners uh, listening to this, happen to be in Montana, um, drop by. What's the name of the pub for a cold one again? Bowling Coles. Bowling Come and see us. Like Bowling Coles and Rocky. Yeah, yeah. Love it. <laughs> So what yeah. what what's uh what's next for you guys? Just basically get back to uh, making some money. You, now, okay. So, full disclosure, I noticed you guys cycle, and by that I mean you kind of go all in and you're working away. You save your money, and then boom, next thing you're you're headed somewhere on a trip. And then, am I am I right about that? And then you're coming back and trying to you nailed it. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm familiar. I I know a few folks. All right, Janelle. I love I'll it. I'll do a drum roll. I'll do a drum roll because we've been talking about this for like weeks now. I'll do a drum roll. Do a drum roll. Where are we going? Where are we going in November, Janelle? <laughs> Ooh, we don't know. We're in between two places. We're in between two places, New Zealand or Chile. Oh, nice. And it'll both be, are, it'll both be are warm. Equally, both are equally yeah. as expensive. Uh, we don't know which one we want to do. The thing about Argentina is it's so cheap, man. It's so cheap. Like You'll, be like, you'll like look at the New Zealand option, and then you do the same money for Argentina. And it's just like, it's like oh, it's just so cheap. But New I, Zealand or Chile? I had a guy on... Had a guy on uh, few weeks back and he was bone uh going for bonefish in molokai and that sounded so good i guess they've got some of the biggest bones on the planet not not an overly abundant fishery like you really got to work for them but um the way he said it is kind of like one of your guys trips where it's it's you're not at the ritz you know what i mean like it's uh, a little more rustic but it sounded like a lot of fun oh that's amazing where was that at uh molokai so hawaii but um you know less commercial and um some nice flats apparently some really big bonefish um yeah check it out it was a couple episodes ago but uh it sounded like they had a lot of fun down there and and let's face it after a hard season you know you're working your butts off um and you're in the hospitality space and trust me i get that when you're in the hospitality space you need your you need your download time it's like man i'm just shutting this off like a switch and i'll be good to go in a couple months but i you need I know exactly where you guys are coming from. You need that. You need that break for that next kind of light at the end of the tunnel, right? Well, it's it's funny because I make a joke to the tourists about that all the time. Because like, in, like they'll be like, "Wait a minute!" So like, we talk to a lot of tourists that don't know what a trout is. So a lot of these tourists will be like, "Wait a minute!" So you spend all this money to fly to a country and catch fish and then release them? Like they really don't understand. They don't understand that there's trout in Argentina. They don't understand that there's trout in New Zealand. So I would say 95% of our tourists don't know what, you know, kind of like get to know you and they, you're exactly right. It's kind of weird. I make that joke to them all the time. Like, Hey, listen, I talk so much every day. All I want to do is disappear for two months and not talk to anybody. (laughs) And that's exactly what we do. Yeah. Well, it recharge, recharges the batteries. So, um, Janelle talks all the time. Janelle's like, Janelle's always ready to go. Always ready to go. So you know what we're gonna do, guys. So um, just before November, give me a shout. I'm gonna find out where you're going, and then uh, take us along on the trip, and then uh, you can let us know where you went, and how it was when you get back. I love I love doing that. Yeah, we'll we'll, uh, we'll hit you up in November. Let you know how the Yellowstone season. I guess I don't. How was it in your area? You get you get all the snow too. It seems like Yellowstone's way above average this year. Uh, yeah, our snowpack's good, but I'll tell you what, it's um. It's freaking me out a little bit because it went to crazy hot. We went from like a cool spring to like, you know, pushing uh, mid 90s. And and so that that snowpack is melting super, super, super fast. Right. So that's not always your friend either. I mean, it's nice to have the pack. But when when it's just kind of all going in one swoop, it's not ideal either. Yeah, I was. We were worried about that too in Yellowstone. That happened last year with that big flood. And yeah, that's something. I hope everyone's safe this year. There's going to be a lot of people listening to this podcast that are 
getting off the drift boats for the first time. Everyone be safe this year because I I agree with you. I think I think this year is going to be a wild high water year. Yeah, I think it, it's going to be a wild year on the rivers. I suspect it's going to be highs and lows, you know. And then all of a sudden you hit August and there's barely any flow. But who knows? Um, it's changing weather patterns. We've seen some crazy things, lots of fires and whatnot. And 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 I just want to take advantage of that water when it's prime you know what i mean rather than worrying about the next weather event it's like what what are you gonna do you'll go nuts if you keep doing that but um love what you guys are doing and i'm so glad we had a chance to catch up and uh this show will be up on saturday so uh maybe you can dm me a pic um of you guys down in uh, patagonia um maybe holding up a couple of trout or whatever you want to promote the show but um Really enjoyed chatting with you guys. Stay in touch and and kick some butt in Montana and uh, take care of yourselves. Thanks, Mark. Of course, thanks man. For, yeah, thanks for having us back on the show. It's a lot of fun. And we'll uh, we'll hit you up in November and we'll tell you we're probably going to like Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you could fish the White River, man. There's worse places. Uh, that, yeah. That's on my you know, list. We drive, we drive by that every year. We drive by Arkansas and every year we say we're going to fish that river. I just one of these days. I don't, I, I, there's just so much good water in this country. I know so many people, you, you so want, many people think the world is getting so small now, but you want big Browns, that white river, not a bad place to start. That yeah. I know. But it's hmm. like you said, like you said, it would take a month before you even learn the every nook and cranny before I, that's the one thing that always intimidates me. I'm just like you. It's like, Oh, it's like, it, it just like, yeah, that learning curve is always, no matter how good you are, how great you are fishing, every river will kick your ass day one, I feel like. Amen. So. Yeah, for sure. Well, I wish you continued good health, Trent, and all the best, buds. And Janelle, thanks for doing this. You guys have a great trip, and uh, we'll catch you next time. This has been Trent and Janelle from the Bum Diary Podcast. They did that DIY trip to Patagonia, just catching up on that. In Michigan, headed out to Montana to chase some more fish. Uh, Thanks for joining us, folks. Uh, This time around, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Fly Fishing 97 podcast, powered by theflycrate.com, your source for all things fly fishing. Wait for it films featuring fly fishing videos and camera-related content, custom music from Damian Anderson, and by brokentippet.com.